2: Wow!
3: Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile Mr. Pete Donny the Donaldson. Pete, how you doing?
2: Tony the Donaldson is back again. Hello, Chris Broad. How are you, mate? I am terribly sunburned, Chris Broad. I went out in the sunshine. It's been very hot here in London lately, and we don't have such uh, mod cons as air conditioning, so people are getting very hot and angry, possibly a little horny as well, Mm. because it's weird. Um, And, uh, yeah, I sat out on a deck chair, fell asleep, and I have burned... My bod bod, uh rather badly actually. It was like blistering and uh oh, now oh, I have what can only be described as the ma- a map of Portugal on my chest. And uh, it's very upsetting. You're
3: you're not someone that towns well, are you? Oh no, 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 no. I'm not as bad as I'm not <laughs> as bad
2: as some. I'm not like uh, I'm not Viking uh, blood kind of thing. I'm just I'm from the north east, Chris. We're not uh, <laughs> we're not gifted with uh, the sun very often, so our bodies goes go, go what, what the hell is that? Burning ball of gas in the sky. We're not getting involved with that cave <laughs> rubbish.
3: <laughs> I, um, when I heard about the weather in the UK It's like 30 degrees or something, right?
2: Oh, it's crazy, yeah 30 degrees I'm going to go and watch The Cure tomorrow And uh, 30 degrees is uh, is going to be what it's going to be
3: I don't know how you do it in the UK Because, I mean, it's 30 degrees here at the moment mm. Incredibly humid Without air comm, I would be dead Make no <laughs> mistake I walked into my apartment the other day Because I was away in Korea for a few days yes. I came back Opened the door to the apartment And a week of like hot air That she had like, came just been out. building up in the apartment Rushed out and it burnt my face. It was like opening an oven bloody door. <coughs> oh, no. um, And then I'd, I've had like, the air conditioning machines running. I've got two. I've had them running like all day, every day, for the last week to try and get the room back in order. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, without it, I don't know how you can survive 30-degree heat anymore. So long live air Con.
2: Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of friends who are from, like, um, sort of Thailand and Indonesia, those sort of areas, and they, whenever they check in a hotel, wherever it is, wherever in the world, they insist... On uh, having a little bit of air conditioning in the room They get very wound up if there's no air conditioning <laughs> They get very upset You need
3: it, absolutely need it <laughs> Anyway, good news mm-hmm. Heat aside and sunburns aside Good news from me is I finally bought a drone, Pete oh, finally bought one Christopher the in the making. <laughs> well, you Gave kept... into peer pressure
2: Yeah, you really did, didn't you? Was it because uh, Maplins in the UK A big uh, technology firm they, they went bust and they were selling all their <laughs> stock off cheap
3: Did you get an import? I didn't. I just went on Amazon and bought a Mavic Air Pro. reason I did it is I've noticed whenever I use a drone in my videos, I think I've used it two or three times, I always get loads of people who don't normally comment saying, oh, my goodness, the quality of the videos has really gone up. The production quality is so good now. It's like, (laughs) if that's what it takes, if needing a drone is what it takes to get a bump in production quality or to get those comments, I need a drone. So I went out it's i think it was about 1000 pounds 1000 dollars or something for the drone um and i'm going to use it in quite a few videos coming up in the sort of japanese countryside yeah. i mean to be fair it is a good way of showcasing the mountains and you know the more rural areas which is what i do if Definitely. it was in a city you can't use them here they're really like against drones ever since some dickhead threw like flew a drone into the prime minister's window or something. <laughs> They've been really tough on it here. Wow.
2: Yeah. You've I mean, no rules.
3: Like, if, you're
2: gonna, if you're gonna, you know, want to, you know, if you're gonna sneak around in, in the skies and, you know, want to <laughs> look at <R>. best boobies <laughs> from a window, oh, like yes. you, 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 um, you deserve everything you
3: get. Wow, that's incredible. It uh, it triggered a whole wave of legislation. But I think it was about a year or two ago. Before that, you could fly a drone wherever you want. You go in McDonald's, pull out a drone, go in a coffee shop, pull out a drone, <laughs> yeah. have a bit of fun. But now, it's like uh, yeah, nowhere near a city you can really use it. Yeah. So I'm in Sendai. I want to test fly my drone. I don't know where I'm going to be able to do it, really. I'm going to have to, like, disappear into a hill or a mountain and try it there. Mm. Uh, but I'm filming out in Yamagata, which is a more rural area. And I'm gonna have fun with it. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet, but I'm gonna mm. have fun with it. Maybe I can make a little video like chasing ski across a beach with it, <laughs> of, like just chasing Natsuki. And, like,
2: uh, are you yeah, uh, uh, are, are you deft at a? Are you a good deft um, drone pilot? Because you see some of these guys who fly mm. these drones. Um, there was a it was a really famous um, uh, video of a man flying a drone, and he flew it like round a train. So, like, those kind of big Canadian, possibly American uh, trains that go across country, and they're really slow. Well, yeah. they, they, they're pretty nippy when they get up to speed, but they're carrying so much cargo, they're quite slow. Uh, and he would fly them into the... Um, you know, like, what hobos ride the rails? They just get in the... Um, i, don't, I don't hate the word, I hate the word hobos, but it 's connected to the, the the train riders of the u s the, the hobo the hobo um, it 's a very romantic sort of yeah. vision of a, of a man just getting on a, on, a, on an empty cargo um, train and and, and and you know going across town, going across city, going across state, Definitely. going across the I mean, u s and uh, yeah, this guy <laughs> was flying his drone into like the carriages and then out again underneath the trains, over the top, he flew it into the uh, window of the uh, driver who got very annoyed and shut the window it was a beautiful piece of work. Try and dig it out if you can. Train, drone,
3: stunt. <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, we talked We talked about a Japanese video, didn't we? Those uh, school girls that used the drone going around the classroom, going in between desks and chairs oh, like the yes. corridor. Oh, yes, that's right. And that was really impressive. Mm. That was like a little tiny drone so they could manoeuvre it around. That was amazing. I mean, I couldn't do that. I'm not a good drone pilot. <laughs> uh, I did play around with a friend's Mavic Air, which is the drone I've bought, Mavic Air, uh, about a month or two ago, and I was terrified using it. Um, you know, so I'm I'm a bit nervous about doing it, especially as if it crashes or if it's gone in a river or the sea, it's a thousand dollars gone in moments, right? But hopefully, if I train a little bit, I'm going to unleash it in my apartment, <laughs> sit in the apartment <laughs> for like a day or two and work it out. Hopefully, when I start using it next week, it'll be all right. But, yeah, they're, they're, uh, I'm just glad to have, finally have one. I, f- I find I can... that I find that they're slightly. Um... I think they're surprisingly
2: uh, loud if you ever... Uh, I sort of borrowed one because my, mm. my dad really wanted to play with a drone but he didn't want to be one of those that, um that is like a man of advancing years with his own drone flying it around Hartlepool because Hartlepool is quite rural where we're from. Uh, and so what I did was I borrowed um, a drone off the humorist and writer Danny Wallace, weirdly, um, and took it up north <laughs> to uh, see my dad and the uh, and we flew it around. My dad instantly crashed it to bits. Bit of polystyrene oh, fell no. off it. We had to glue it back together. Dreadful.
3: <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? I, I, I remember I got a, drain, a little tiny drone that was like £10 for Christmas a few years ago. And I just crashed it into my friend's face after a few minutes, and they <laughs> were so angry. Uh, just having these little propellers like slam into their face and rip their cheek apart. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about this, uh, but hopefully... I can do it mm. I can ramp up the production quality To levels that have never before been seen well, I can, On the in Japan channel
2: Well I can hear a crow outside your uh, window Maybe the drone could attack <laughs> that crow That's <laughs> <laughs> You know what
3: there's, For some reason there's loads of hawks and crows Outside where I live I, li- live, live, can't speak. I live near a little river mm. And it's got like five or six hawks That fly over it all day uh one time i was sitting down by the river eating a sandwich and i held it out slightly <laughs> and the hawk swooped down grabbed the sandwich i didn't even see it coming it came from like behind me it swooped down grabbed the sandwich and disappeared so maybe now i've got a drone i can enact some revenge upon, <laughs> those, upon those hawks they can uh, uh, yeah
2: they can smell death <laughs> you're dying chris they can smell it they're waiting for you to pass on <laughs> they're like gonna eat your body speaking of death
3: Oh. Uh, I suppose that's a, a dark way to lead it, <laughs> into the article of the week. The article of the week, which is about a Japanese castaway, oh. uh, which you sent me. So don't do your surprise noise. You sent me this article. I was uh, look. Fact, yeah, you can... <laughs> stop letting people <laughs> in. Uh. Uh. Uh, why are we talking about this, Chris? This is rubbish. Behind the scenes of the Abroad Japan podcast, <laughs> they found this bloke.
2: <laughs> uh, there's a naked. <laughs> they found this bloke. There's a naked Japanese hermit who lives. Uh, on an island uh, and he's been he's been kicked out of his uh, place basically um, Masavumi Nagasaki he arrived on the island of uh, Sot- uh, Sotobanari uh, on the um, I'm testing my uh, pronunciation yes bas- so basically this dude
3: has been living <laughs> on a little island south of Okinawa for like 30 years yeah uh, he was disillusioned with humanity 30 years ago apparently he was fed up with pollution that he saw in a river and he thought right then I'm off and he went to this little island of uh, <laughs> Soto Banana to put it in your words uh, <laughs> little, little island it's south of Okinawa pretty mm. remote nobody lives there and he's been there 30 years walking around naked eating drinking and living in like a pile of mud uh, fair play to him Like, they call him the Robinson... They call him Japanese Robinson. A reference to (laughs) Robinson Crusoe. (laughs) I like the idea (laughs) of Japanese
2: Robinson, though. (laughs) A reference to Robinson Crusoe, obviously. But, like, the Japanese Robinson. Beautiful.
3: Masafumi Nagasaki. Japanese Robinson. (laughs) He's a good lad. But, he unfortunately, he's in his 80s now. uh, And he caught influenza recently. And somehow he was spotted walking around looking a little bit sick. I think some fishermen often... Go around the island and have a look out for him while they're fishing. And they saw him not looking too well. And so the Japanese government decided it's time to get him and pounce on him. They dispatched a ship. They grabbed him. And he, could, he was too weak to fight Send back. And they took him back to... Ishigaki, the uh, the lovely picturesque island where my good friend Ryotaro goes yeah. every year, I think, on holiday. Lovely island, but he went to Ishigaki and he's, they've left him there, and they can't, they won't let him go back to his island now. Now that he's recovered, unfortunately, so Aww. he wanted to die on the island. He wanted to pass away on this island he'd called home for thirty years, and he he can't do that now. So that's a little bit sad, isn't it? A
2: little bit they, 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 Well well, very sad But um, you know Sometimes you've got to Protect people from themselves If they're going to die Of like influenza For no good reason How did yeah, he catch yeah. it? Who gave him the flu Who ca- How did he catch the flu On an island That Whoa. nobody lives Who gave him
3: that <laughs> There's often I think often Film crews turn up I think Vice Did a documentary on him Not too right, long ago Right It's okay. probably a film crew Rocked yeah. up Filmed him Gave him influenza And that was his downfall Being <laughs> on Vice fucking vice that was it but um yeah he he doesn't like humanity and pollution there was a really nice quote from an interview from i think it was a, a not a vice documentary but someone else interviewed him and he was talking about how he lives alongside animals and how he's been bitten by mosquitoes and snakes and things but rather than hate them as we all do i mean who doesn't like mosquitoes uh i mean he he uh embraced them he was like he, there's a nice quote he said Animals don't attack without purpose. Even a mosquito only bites to survive and reproduce. Humans, however, don't attack with purpose. And you're sort of saying that, you know, animals, the only reason they attack us is just because they have to. They, they do it to survive, mm. whereas humans are not rational. We always we look for a fight down the pub, get yeah. a few beers in. We lash out. Fight. There's no logic there. It just happens. So, That's yeah, a really adorable story. Sad. And,
2: and what, what I like about it is like, that if you took him anywhere else in the world, because Japan is so clean. It's so clean and tidy. Imagine him going to, like, China. Just get on a boat, go to China, see how things happen over (laughs) there, and you will probably appreciate that Japan's probably a little bit tidier than you think, mate, to
3: be honest. That's right. Yeah, it was a a weird excuse, wasn't it, to just see some pollution in a river and just disappear to an island for 30 years. (laughs) I I mean, I I quite want to live on an island, but I don't think it would be 30 years, and I don't think it would be because I looked at a dirty river. I think it would just be... I'm fed up of social media, and I want to just hide away and read a book. Well, I don't think he took much with him. If you look at the video, if you look him up, just look up um, Masafumi Nagasaki mm. or Japanese Robinson. Check him out. You, you can see his little camp. It's like a little tent. And he's got like a, he's got like a barbecue going. He just sits there cooking things. He has to catch and forage for food on the island. Mm. Uh, I think he catches. He has fish. We did mm. do. He pretty much ate, ate anything. But it's a lovely little setup. There's something quite romantic about it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd like to try it for like three or four days. Uh, <laughs> there he years? Maybe just a not. Holiday, but Chris. three or four days.
2: He's in. He's in great, yeah. Nick. To be fair, from
3: the video, he's in
2: fantastic, Nick. He must do sit-ups or something. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly <laughs> agrees with him. I think <laughs>
3: catching nice fish. Yeah, he's yeah. in good shape. If you do watch the video, be aware he is. He is rather naked, uh, <laughs> isn't the, isn't the highlight of the video? But uh, it got me reading about like more Japanese folks that have hid out on islands. Like I read some articles in the past of Japanese holdouts, people mm. that uh, stayed hidden after mm. World War Two in islands in like the Pacific. Uh, Pacific. Why, the specific, why did I say Pacific? The specific I of <laughs> Pacific. <laughs> Pacific. or something. Pacific. did I. Shoichi <laughs> The most famous guy is a chap called Hiro Onoda. And Mm -hmm. he, after World War II, after 1945, he spent 29 years hiding out in, like, a cave in the Philippines. Uh, And he just refused to surrender. Like, a lot of people (laughs) knew where he was. And they would drop, like, pamphlets on the forest so he'd see it and see that Japan had surrendered. But he thought it was propaganda from the Allies, and he refused (laughs) to surrender. Until his his, uh, superior officer who by by that time, twenty nine years later, was like working in a bookshop somewhere in Tokyo. Uh, and they sent him all the way down to the Philippines <laughs> to convince him that the war was over and it was time to come home. <laughs> and this guy was so famous after he went back to Japan because he kind of it showed this level of honour that's rarely seen, you know, yeah. fighting to the end. And I think he apologised to the Emperor for not winning the war or not for like giving up in the face of battle or whatever. Uh, but he was on Japanese T V, he nearly wrote he, he wrote an autobiography called No Surrender, My Thirty Year War. Uh, and so it's it's just amazing. Like thirty years. How did he do it? Living in a cave in the Philippines. That's dedication we don't normally see. Yeah.
2: Dedication to man rather than <laughs> <Yeah>. yourself. Dedication <laughs> to dedication to a, a made up war. <laughs> dedication to, you know, yes. conflict, dedication to, you know, I do feel sorry for these, da- that gentleman, one. to be honest. I, I, I think, yeah, there is something to be said for, you know, ploughing plowing a furrow uh, to, the, to the bitter end, but it, then there's also, uh, he he's, he's going to die soon and he's lived 30 years by himself because of a fucking war. It angers me. <laughs> <laughs> there's
3: quite a few people that did this. There's a yeah. lot of guys. Another guy, Shoichi Yoko, He didn't surrender until 1972. He'd hidden in a cave in Guam. uh, And nobody knew he was there until about 19... I think uh, 1970... Yeah, 1972. And he was discovered in the jungle by two fishermen that were wandering around. And they got in a scrap with him because old Yokoi uh, thought they were like the enemy or something. They got in a fight, (laughs) they captured him, and in the end he returned to Japan... Uh, And he apologised. He said, it's with much embarrassment, it's with much embarrassment that I return. And that phrase became a popular saying in Japan to epitomise this sense of loyalty in battle. (laughs) Uh, And he became like a popular TV personality as a result. And now in Guam, there's actually a cave, Yokoi's Cave, became like a tourist attraction that you can go and see it. And it's a lovely looking cave, all very kitted out it in bamboo <laughs> he kept it nice you, you kept, kept it nice it. you'd hope so, so would you? you can't
2: you can't get ikea down there can you well the philippines yeah in a well, cave. <laughs> well in, the in, a, in a cave i guess no you can't there was a, a um yeah. there was a, there was a was a rich um uh, american benefactor i think he died in texas uh, only a few years ago uh possibly mm. a little bit uh, less than that uh, and he was funding Lighting and like generator power for a community of people who lived in uh, the caves of somewhere in China. I want to say Hebei province. Uh, there was a, uh, a lot of uh, people who used to live in a cave, and the government just kept on trying to coax them out of this cave. But this guy uh, in America um, <laughs> fell in love with the. Um, with the cave dwellers, uh, who you know were very modern, they had you know they, they had mobile phones and stuff. And they had bits and bobs, um, but they just lived in caves. They just decided that yeah, I want to live in a cave, uh, and the government would just keep Fair on God. trying to get rid of them uh, out of these caves. There was no reason for them to do that. They were just like, well, this is a bit weird. Let's get them out of there. Um, and this rich benefactor in America, he fell in love with the community and just basically um, funded lighting and generator resources oh. and stuff like that for this uh, Money community. Money well spent. Money well spent. Exactly. So Uh, Yes, I I believe they are. Yes, they still are, thanks to him, mainly. So there we go.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: Fucking hover. Oh. <coughs> wow. I'll tell you what, they didn't have enough in that, in that cave though. What? A fax machine, Pete. Oh! We machine. had our emails. That, that was, was so buttery smooth. That's right. The reason I do these podcasts is I, I like to learn how to transition between segments and <laughs> getting better. Fax machine. Your questions, guys. You've sent a lot of questions in recently. Mm. We're here to answer them for the rest of the podcast. First question comes from Elena. Uh, Hi, Chris and Pete. Greetings from your homeland, England. Liverpool to be exact Never mm. been to Liverpool actually You've been there right Pete? I've been there mm, twice Twice I've been there But only for like an
2: evening um, Yeah one could... of those places that I've just, I've just got no business to be there So I just never have really spent that much time <laughs> there <laughs> I have no business there. <laughs> I have no business in Liverpool
3: <laughs> But yeah this crazy, is, crazy place If you could sum it up in two words What would those words be?
2: Oh, they like a drink, <laughs> what the and the music, they, they like a drink, question. and the Be- The Beatles
3: have cast a long shadow. Like let's drink. just say that. Let's not. Matter. I'm not going to make assumptions about Elena here, but uh, yes. Qu- question for Chris: <laughs> You've said quite a few times that your dream is to become a filmmaker. How are you improving your skills for the videos? Have you read any books or attended any events? What would you Ooh. suggest for someone who wants to start on this journey? By a drone. This is Elena. <laughs> yeah, by a drone. There you go, Elena. I don't, is her name Kisses Elena, or is that just Kisses slash Elena? Kisses Elena sounds so, like a wicked, emo that'd be a great band. name, would not it? Kisses yeah. Elena. <laughs> uh, well, Kisses Elena. Um, just I, watch, I try and watch a film every day at the moment. Actually, I find with any art, you kind of have to study it and just watch it. Uh, with with film, I've just been watching like one film a day. Obviously, YouTube itself is a very practical thing. So the good thing is. I'm out there making videos in the field a lot i edit a lot so i'm kind of learning as i as i do um and having made 130 videos now that's a lot of experience a lot of practical experience but i do yeah i do i do read a few books but mainly it is just watching films playing around with a camera and soon playing around with a drone and hopefully when i get that drone you'll be blown away by the level of skills (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no just, just study if, you, if there's something you're passionate about go out and study it I've talked to people that have been to film school and half of them say it's good the other half said it's an expensive waste of time that you could be spending on making your own films and stuff so mm. yes I won't be going to film school I will just be learning myself and making things and hopefully building a portfolio but yeah just do it that's my advice
2: just do it. Just do it. Well, maybe um, maybe your videos have uh, influenced some people to uh, start their own channels and film their own stuff, maybe, if they live in an interesting place.
3: You haven't started a channel.
2: I haven't started a channel now. Still walk, waiting on that. Well, cup's on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then after what it did, ends, when did somebody come up with a, <laughs> a Pete in Japan Didn't somebody have a dream On a previous podcast somebody, yeah yeah A few weeks uh, ago A Pete, a Pete, a Pete in, in Japan, Japan And it was just a rival A crap rival uh, YouTube channel Where you just walk around Going I'm having a
3: beer now. <laughs> <laughs> I live to see that day I live to see it
2: I'm going to find I'm going to find the login For your channel I'm going to say Change it, all of the um, oh, no. All of the graphics To a Pete in Japan It's not even a pun anymore <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh God! Uh, I'm waking
2: up that morning. <laughs> that be a dark day. <laughs> Don't know how to act. Don't know how to. Act. Not well. No. Um, we got an email from um, I think it's Licker. Hello, Chris and Pete. I'm uh, Licker or possibly Licky uh, from Denmark. I'd love to hear you attempt to say my name. Licky Lee is an artist, <laughs> a recording artist. Licky Lee. So uh, Licky I, actually, Lee. to be honest, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. So I think it might be Licker from Denmark. Um, I really How's it enjoyed L Y K K. E. So I'd say lika. Like. Lika. Like, innit? Oh, like-a? Like.
3: Like-a. like like a Like the camera.
2: like Yeah. Takasama. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy listening to your podcast every week. What's the coldest and warmest weather you've ever experienced in Japan? I imagine up north you've experienced some very cold weather, Chris.
3: Yeah. Well, actually, no. It doesn't get too cold here. It gets very snowy. Um, mm. But the coldest I've ever experienced in Japan is probably minus six. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> but it's more because the air is very humid here Mm. it generates a lot of snow and it feels like i met met a girl from uh oh god what's the city in russia yakutsk you know the the russian city in the far east fascinating place yeah she said it's it gets to like minus 30 there Mm. which is an unfathomable amount but she said that actually japan japan felt colder because of the humidity Right. Uh, which I don't know if she was exaggerating or not, but I see what she meant in the sense that you have really feel the, the coldness here. It feels very damp. It feels like it penetrates through your clothing. Mm. Uh, so even if it is minus two or three or whatever, it feels a lot colder than you'd f- than it feels in the UK. Like it, it feels horrible. Um, I hate it. And I hate Japanese winters. So <laughs> yeah, maybe only minus six. As for the summer, interestingly, Yamagata uh, prefecture, where I used to live in the north, though it is in the north, it had a had a record for having the hottest temperature in Japan. Um, I think it's because there's lots of mountains which right. are trapped in the heat. Mm. That's my crappy opinion as someone that knows nothing about climatology. But uh, yeah, they had the recorded temperature of like 40... Uh, I think you want to say 45 degrees or something. Jesus, and Celsius. I felt Yeah, I know. It's horrific. I think the the highest temperature I've experienced here is 38 or 39, and that was just... Oh, it's horrible. I mean, I can't go yeah. out in 30 degrees, let alone that, so... If yes, Japan is help. exactly. Japan's the land of the rising temperature. Like it sucks. Like <laughs> summer it's horrible, winter it's horrible. Avoid both. That's well, my
2: advice there. Yakutsk is a really interesting. I mean, t- such an interesting place because it's one of those places that you can only. I think there's only a flight in from um, Saint Petersburg every week and a flight out. I think every week. Um, and ethnically, it's really interesting because these guys they look almost um, Chinese, mm. but they're but they're. That's I right. think uh, they're kind of like a cross between Russians and, and, and Chinese, and they and they have a very different outlook to everybody else in, in in the in the in the entire um part of the world they inhabit and uh yukutsu i think has the biggest swing in the world of uh, temperatures so it could get to like you know 30 <laughs> degrees
3: all- biggest swing
2: there <laughs> they've got I'm a big swing getting well excited they've got a big old swing um but like they've got like i think that there's a lot of farming out there i think that's their main kind of thing but like they it's the biggest swing it can be like minus you know 46 50 or whatever uh, but it can also be plus 30 and we're talking celsius here which is ridiculous um That's we're not it, yeah. talking kelvin or even fahrenheit we're talking um celsius so uh, yeah it's uh, it's a really interesting place you just look at the faces of the people and you got go whoa you're like nobody <laughs> you're like nobody in the world you're so unique i really want to go there one day whoa i really want to go there someday but like it's really hard to travel in when it's ridiculously cold but then if you are mm. traveling when it's like pretty warm you're like what's the point in doing this you've you got to go there when it's doing the thing that it's famous for being incredibly cold it's, but, um,
3: it's insanely remote although you pretty much actually when you fly to Japan to the UK uh, Japan, the UK you do fly over it fly I think, over it or certainly uh, very near it
2: yeah they, um, so you can look out the window at it <laughs> have a little peek Have a, a little laugh. peek, peek. Uh, The last time I came to oh, Japan a... And went to went up to Sapporo um, The difference between Like even Tokyo And Sapporo Like they're not What's that Eight hours drive I did, Like mm. it's not A million mm. miles away It's quite a long country But like I had to go out And buy thermals For me and my friend Because we were just So bloody cold It was so freezing All the time And you're right The humidity does Kind of penetrate The clothes a little bit more I think I had woolen trousers on I had to have thermals On top of that And this was only like <laughs> October I was very chilly
3: yeah, I mean it's only a ninety-minute flight, and the temperature disparity—it's like ten Crazy. degrees difference. Crazy! Funny old country, isn't a it? Fun, it's a funny old country. A funny um, old country. <laughs> do you want a quick?
2: Uh, do you want another one? I know it's, your, it's not your turn, but I thought I'll bash it out because I'm hot. I'm hot, you're, mate. I'm just gonna um, sip a coffee. A roll. Ben. <laughs> Hello, Ben. <laughs> Gentle Ben. Hi, guys. Really love the podcast. It makes my walk to work a lot better and starts my day off right. Uh, In September, I'm starting university to study Japanese. The course starts from scratch, and they expect you to know next to nothing about the Japanese language. However, I have all summer to do nothing until my course starts, uh, so I thought I may as well get a head start. I've learned the hiragana, and I'm learning the katakana. Can you suggest anything else I should learn uh, that will give me a head start for my course? I met someone who uh, I'd not met before, uh I want name and shame but he's been kind of like um you know working away over the last couple of years to um to get his uh, Japanese uh, like diplomacy sort of thing just by himself just no cause, no nothing just doing it himself I believe right. um and he sort of said that he's you know he could he could get a job as like a, a a non-skilled kind of worker out there like you could you know he could be one of those guys with the um flags outside the car parks because <laughs> that he knows that amount oh, of Japanese yeah. I was like that's that's a pretty high bit of Japanese, and he's not been doing it for very long. So if you knuckle down, Ben, who knows Sorry where you'll go?
3: Well, what I'll say to Ben, who's starting in September, is uh, try and just get a head start, really. I mean, you've mm. learned hiragana and katakana. That's great. Get an app called Human Japanese. Human. What I used in the early days. Uh, it's a really good app. I think you can get the free version, or you can pay for it if you like it. Mm. But they've got a lot of vocabulary uh, on their key phrases and grammar. They explain it really well. It's great, fun. Um... I would, I would avoid buying a textbook, or if your university has mm. got a textbook that they want you to buy, buy it early and just start working through it. I find if you start learning something before you begin at university, you have a real advantage. Like, when you walk into that classroom, you can feel smug knowing that you're a few steps ahead of everyone, right? Mm. Like, I did a degree in, like, business and linguistics. And the modules that I did really well in were things that I already knew quite a lot about that I'd studied for in advance or read about, like uh, marketing. I, d- I nailed marketing because I read lots of books about marketing because I loved it. Mm. Whereas accounting, I've nearly failed because I hate accounting and <laughs> I don't know why it's a thing. But like, um, yeah, just try and learn as much as you can. Look at the course in advance. Like, right? look at the course modules and whatnot. Try and learn anything you can. Key vocabulary. Uh, And then you'll have a major advantage, you'll feel motivated, you'll be the top of the class, and then you'll win at life. So there you go, Ben. Good luck to you, mate. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Just enjoy yourself,
2: man. Enjoy yourself, knuckle down. Uh, It's a real trip. I'd, I'd love the opportunity to focus on one thing and one thing alone. Because um, mm-hmm. I guess you're, you're, you're kind of the same Because you've got so many little projects going on You've got so many bits and bobs, so many irons and fires It would be really nice to kind of just Shut everything down and go Right, I'm taking two years out I'm going to do this, I'm going to learn this And I'm going to come out with something uh, really useful And really positive uh, Actually um, the footballer, we were talking about soccer a little bit earlier On, uh, on the last podcast in the World Cup um, mm-hmm. Kasuki uh, Honda uh, obviously a, a, a man who's, I think he's about 33 He's getting on a bit uh, he, he doesn't yeah. start every football match for Japan But he's obviously one of the more famous footballers, Honda uh, And he's certainly very good in the last World Cup But uh, he uh, he was criticised for using the incorrect kanji In uh, in a piece he wrote or an announcement he made Or he used the wrong word And basically he went on Twitter yesterday to sort of go I don't know all the kanji but I choose my words like carefully or something like that. I'll have to send you the piece, uh, sure. Chris. It's really funny. He's like going, "I am clever." Honestly, uh, people will take the <laughs> people. People basically take the piss out of him because he uh, he's a silly footballer who can't speak That's or him. write
3: kanji. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him. It's a nightmare. The Jap- Japanese uh, literati- literacy rate. There we go. Is uh, pretty high though, something like ninety five percent. It's One mm. of the highest in the world. Yeah, they drum it really. They really drum it into you in mm. the education system here. Learn the kanji, write them over again and again. Uh, so yeah, I'm not surprised that he got up a little bit of ire there. Depends on the words really. Mm. Depends on how advanced they were. I think he mixed. I think he like. mixed
2: up a, a word and sort of said his performance in the last game was acceptable uh, when he actually meant a bit shit. So <laughs> it was kind of like <laughs> it was. Uh, it's, Maybe
3: it was a, well
2: maybe it was a deliberate act in that regard yeah I always find I always th- find that um, footballers speaking in uh, in their own language you know um, foreign footballers speaking about the game oh, they always some way more eloquent than ours like we just have these kind of like same like, they just wheel out the same platitudes mm-hmm. oh it's just uh, I'm just looking forward to this next game you know uh, I, I thought I play well thought let leds play well um, uh, I just want to <laughs> want to get on the next game and, uh, you know, just get our heads down, knuckle, knuckle down and work hard.
3: And it's just like, oh, as God, as well, say something in interesting. A of, yeah, there's, a, there's a sense of honour, I think, after a yeah. game in Japan. Definitely. They're very, yeah, they're very uh, humble mm. about it. Got a message here from Cherie. Cherie. Cherie, mon Cherie. She's put, pronounced the French way, so that I'm presuming uh, that's Cherie. Cherie. Anyway. Très bien. Hey, guys. Do you, have an, a, do you have any advice for travelling alone in Japan, Tokyo? For a lady in her 30s, Oh, are there places to avoid? My friends and family are concerned that I'm going alone, but I keep assuring them that it'll be fine. I'm planning my first trip for Hanami season, 2019. Also, I love Natsuki the movie, and I agree. Pete is more attractive than he makes himself out to be. Yes. Shelley. That's going in the uh, Pete
2: is not as ugly as he thinks he is box. So, there we go. Um... <laughs> A rapidly filling up box. While count. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not saying that because I'm like I'm I'm fishing for compliments.
3: I've lived with this face for a long time. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tokyo's pretty safe. In fact, I don't know of any girls that have ever had anything happen to them in anywhere in Japan. Obviously, be careful on busy trains. There's <clears> some. There's a bit of a dodgy culture around sexual harassment on trains, aka people touching you inappropriately on tra- on trains. So keep an eye out there just be careful Uh, be vigilant but generally Japan is very safe Um, and I don't know of any personal stories or friends or people I know who have ever had anything bad happen as I mentioned before in a podcast the worst thing that I know of is a female friend had her underwear stolen of a clothesline Um, so that's a thing that happens. but uh, just be vigilant but uh, generally Japan is very safe one of the lowest crime rates in the world Uh, and if you are travelling alone and you want some friends, as we mentioned in the last podcast last week, <laughs> you can rent them now. Rent a friend! So you can do that. 8,000 yen. Why not hire a bodyguard? <laughs> go for it.
2: Shikan. You'll be alright. Shikan is uh, the word You'll for pervert in it. Uh, when people scrum. shout that on cheap, yeah, if, if, if you if you uh, are um, feeling threatened by anyone on a train, you shout shikan and everyone goes or, boom! Or just, and just boom shout in general. Yeah. And
3: grab everyone's attention. And just yeah. go, oi!
2: Um, to, be honest, to be honest, if you sneeze on a train, people are going to be looking over. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's fun, But Very the, the thing is, though, out of all of the countries in the world, like you, you could you could walk around with your wallet on your head, like just balancing on your head, and you'd be fine. Like It's the safest place in the mm. goddamn world. You're going to have a lovely time, shall we? Do have I a wonderful smell time.
3: a social experiment waiting to happen? Wallet I think on head video.
2: so. I do have a noticeably flat
3: head. <laughs> hey, dear, big forehead. That'll be a great video. Heroin. <gasps> Pete in to, Japan.
2: I could attach it to my forehead. Beautiful. I'll get <laughs> one of those little suction cups um, that you'd use to hold your GPS in a car uh, and stick it to my forehead and we'll uh, just walk around Japan with my uh, valuables if on If ever shore. there
3: was a way. If ever there was a way <laughs> to launch the Pete in Japan channel, that, that video
2: would be it. <laughs> what a stunt. What a stunt. Um... That's about it for us, I think, Chris. I think we've got
3: the, one of the, the end that of another show. It. How did this happen? They go so fast. They go so fast. <laughs> but but uh, if you guys have your questions to send in, podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back same time as ever next Wednesday. Uh, but for now, guys, no matter where you might be out there in the big, wide world, have yourself a great week, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Fairly well. Chris has got a drone.